This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker-Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, I'm Becky Parker-Geist. I am the CEO of Pro Audio Voices, uh, providing audiobook production, distribution, and marketing. And I'm also president of Bay Area Independent Publishers Association, as well as an author myself and the host of the Audiobook Connection podcast. I want to thank you so much for being with me today. We're going to talk about a topic that comes up frequently, and that is whether the author should narrate their own audiobook. There are several segments of this conversation, so I want to outline those for you now. And the first is where you're going to record. The next is some of the technical how-tos you would need to know about recording. The next is the storytelling aspect, the read itself. Then there's post-production. And then the critical question of the passion. And this is the, actually, I'm going to finish with that, but it is frequently the very question that brings up the whole idea of whether an author should be their own narrator. So definitely stay tuned all the way through. One of the, my goals, my hopes, that is that with this episode, I'll be able to help authors who are trying to figure out whether recording your own audiobook is a good fit for you. And if you feel like it is, if it's something that you are passionate about doing, then to give you some general ideas on and guidance on what you will need to be addressing in that process. This is not to say that you would necessarily need to be doing it all on your own. And if you have listened to my podcast at all so far, you'll know that I am always encouraging working with a team so that you have the expertise available to you to work with you, to collaborate with you, so that you can have your very best result. So let's jump in to number one. Where would you record? There are typically three options that come up. One is setting yourself up with a home studio. And we'll go into a little more detail on that in just a moment. The next would be to find a local existing recording studio that you can go in and work there and rent that space and usually work with a technician. The third is if you have a friend who has a studio and they have said that you can use their studio. 
So let's now dive a little deeper into each of those. With the home studio, this is in many ways the most complex option, especially if you have to completely set up your space. So there's a couple different aspects. One is the equipment that you're going to need and the DAW or the audio software. And the other is the space itself. When we're talking about the space, there are two kinds of mitigation that you're trying to do in whatever space you have. And those are keeping unwanted sounds out and having your internal space sound good. So they're, they're just two different elements of sound. And there's lots of information out on the internet and everything if you want to really dive in and get a, a clearer idea of what you're trying to accomplish with a studio space. There are also companies that produce a range of different kinds of equipment, everything from just a shield that you would put behind your mic to a full-on whispers, you know, booth where you can do your recording inside that booth. Now, the external noises that you need to be thinking about when you are deciding if a home studio is even a good choice for you, if you're in a very noisy neighborhood, if you live near a highway or an airport, your space is not going to be good for recording because you're going to have a lot of that low sound, you know, from the roar of the engines, mostly, that's going to be really challenging to deal with. And it's not something that you can, oh, I'll just take it out in the end, typically. Now, some audio engineers can certainly make a difference in that sound, but you really always want to have the cleanest recording you can going into the post-production process. So if you have a space where uh, there are lots of leaf blowers and lots of noisy dogs, those are situations where you can probably figure out your timing harder with the noisy dogs because you never know when they're going to bark. But leaf blowers, more often you're going to have somebody, you know, neighbors who are on a gardener's schedule and you may be able to find a, a quiet time in the evening, for example. With um, other kinds of noises, things like, let's say, for example, internal sounds, you may have a heating system, a HVAC system that's noisy and the best way to really figure out if it's noisy, just spend a few minutes in your space, close your eyes and really listen carefully and try and hear whatever sounds are consistent that you're just living with, you're used to, no big deal, not a problem, but in audio could be. I'm going to leave off on space now. I think I've probably given you enough hints as to the kinds of issues you may be facing and given you some thoughts about how to think about what your space might allow for. Let's move on to equipment. If you're setting up a home studio, you are going to need a high-quality mic. They don't have to be exorbitantly expensive, but you will need a good-quality mic that is going to allow you to get this audiobook quality of audio. And I stated in that way because podcast mics, which are very common and very inexpensive, and usually just plug into your 
computer with a USB. They're easy to use, but they don't give you the quality of sound that you need for audiobooks. They work well for podcasts, but not for audiobooks. Okay. In addition to your microphone, you're going to need an audio interface. So that is basically what your microphone is plugging into before it goes into your computer. And then there are things like headphones and mic stands and pop filter screens that are going to help you with those plosive sounds where you can get a real pop with a P, for example, or a T. And you may not notice it at first, but if you have somebody listening to your audio, listening to your audiobook, and they're getting that plosive sound, first of all, it won't pass through quality control. But secondly, it's really annoying for the listener. So in terms of equipment, there is stuff you're going to need. And there are kits. There are whole recording kits that can be ordered. They're not exorbitantly expensive, but it is something that you're going to need to equip your studio with. All right, now let's look at a different option. If all of that just sounds like way too overwhelming and challenging, let's think about the idea of going to a local professional studio. This is a great option, but here are the things you need to know. It's going to cost, obviously. Uh, Any of these are going to cost something, But this may be the highest expense in terms of cash out, depending on the length of your book. If you have a very short book, setting up a home studio for one-time recording of that book is likely to be more expensive than going to a local studio. So think about your long-term plans. If you plan to record other books, not just one, and the length of your book, these are factors you may want to consider as to whether the home studio option is going to be smart for you or just more costly and and more hassle. With a local studio, they always come with an audio engineer technician who's going to run the session. And good communication with that person is really helpful. If you want them to follow your script and stop you, if you make an error, you should let them know that. You should also let them know that if you slur a word or something like that where you would like, you really want clean narration. You want it to be good. And sometimes when we're narrating, we don't necessarily notice because we're sort of caught up in the process itself. We may not notice that we've either mispronounced a word or made it sound a little slurred. And anything that you would like your audio technician to be listening for let them know so that they can be a better support for you. You also need to know so that they know what the technical specifications are for the audio that you're going to require for an audiobook. These specs differ depending on the needs of the project. For digital distribution, digital download audiobooks, they are very specific. Most often, their room noise is not going to be a problem because they're a professional studio that has set up appropriately. They may, however, be in a place where they may have to stop you on occasion if there's a, you know, big truck going by or something like that in their area. So just be aware of that. That's not 
so terribly uncommon. They're very hard sounds to keep out. The other thing you want to think about is there will be some studios, most studios are going to require a minimum number of hours per session. So typically that's two. I have also heard of ones that do a four-hour minimum session. And so you want to use that time effectively. And then also expect that you're going to have pickup sessions. That means you're going to listen to that audio and you're going to hear things that you wish you had done differently or that need to be fixed. That's always going to happen. And so, and I'm not somebody who uses an absolutes very often, <laughs> but plan for that. So know that you're going to have at the end, after it's been edited, you're going to have that an additional session with some minimum number of hours that you'll need to be doing. Another option is that you may have a friend who has a studio and has offered it. The things that you need to watch out for there are, first of all, understanding, is that friend just offering you that space and you still need to understand how to use all the software and the do all the things? Or are they actually offering as well to serve as your technician for you? So make sure you're going into it with an understanding of which way it is. And the other issue typically is access. You need to be clear with them and they need to be clear with you about what that offer includes. Are you able to get in for quiet times when they're at home, maybe, that it's going to be quiet and they're not going to be banging around in the kitchen while you're trying to record, for example. And if you're going to be able to have enough access that you can get your project done without it dragging out interminably. They may have their studio set up with their laptop or computer and the audio software that goes with it. That is most likely. But does that computer go with the offer for use? Or are you going to need to get your own computer set up with the recording software? which is what we call a DAW, Digital Audio Workstation. Okay, that I feel like was probably a lot to process. Let's take a short pause and we'll come right back to talk about some of the technical how-to things that we'll need to cover. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working with authors who have a big goal in mind. They really wanna reach out to their audience around the world. We're here to help make that happen. It starts with our pre-production process, where we're evaluating and determining what elements of the audiobook we can leverage to both create an excellent listener experience for your listeners, as well as drawing them to your website to engage with you further. It continues on through the production process, making decisions that will enhance and support your big goals, as well as creating a great listener experience. But we don't stop there. Once the audiobook is live, we move on to helping you market your audiobook with the Audiobook Marketing Program. Come check us out at ProAudioVoices.com. To schedule a call to talk about your audiobook project, click on Get Started. Okay, let's jump into some technical details. There are several things that, when you're recording, you need to be aware of. I'm going to generalize one of those into microphone technique. 
There are things like maintaining a consistent distance from your mouth to the microphone that are really helpful in getting a good sound. There are things like movement. Oh, uh, let me uh, actually add to the one about mic technique. There are things like how to deal with some of those moments where you may have a lot of plosives or something and you're having, you maybe you have trouble getting the audio to not do that, even though you have the pop filter. There are things you can do, like to just turn your head just slightly off center of the mic to get beyond that. So there's knowledge that is very helpful in some of those areas. Also, movement. This is, I I think, for anybody that tends to move around a lot when they talk, this can be a hard one because the more you move around in in front of the microphone, the more likely you're going to get sounds from that. Now, the rustling of clothes is one of those potential sounds, and you can mitigate that by making sure that you wear nice, quiet knit clothing. But there are still, it's still something to be aware of. If you're someone who moves your hands a lot, you might find yourself banging into the microphone or the mic stand or some other part of the booth in the excitement or the moment or the passion of what you're talking about in your book. And those moments would have to be redone. So you don't have that bang, whatever you've created with your enthusiasm. Another thing that is very often an issue that people don't notice until they're in front of a microphone consistently, and that is mouth sounds. So many people are chronically dehydrated, and that just makes it worse. It's not to say that's the only issue, but many people have a lot of sounds that just happen when they're talking. When you're talking with a friend, it doesn't matter. Even if you're in front of a crowd, you know, at the front of the room doing a training or whatever, and you're right up next to the microphone, it doesn't matter. When you're recording an audiobook, in this very intimate space, it matters a lot. And so this is something to be aware of. You can test out how much you have in terms of mouth sounds by doing some early recording and just listening to that recording. You can also just start paying attention to the sounds that you make. Uh, that might make you uh, a little uncomfortable. You know, sometimes self-awareness is, uh, it can be challenging, but that is another, another piece that we deal with. One of the other things, just in terms of that technical in-the-booth scenario, the things to pay attention to, what kind of device are you going to use to hold your script? I definitely, definitely encourage you to not try to do it with a print copy of your book. The number of page turn sounds and such that you would have to deal with would be just ridiculous. We have so many options now, digital options, where you can just scroll through the screen and move from one page to the next without any noise. So an iPad or even on the laptop you're recording, you can have your script there. One thing that can also be really helpful in your preparation would be to mark up that script in ways that will be helpful to you as you read aloud. You can do some sample reading aloud of your material in advance before you go into the recording booth. And as you 
mess up on the phrasing of a sentence, for example, change your markings so that it makes it easier in the moment. Okay, let's take another short pause and then we're going to come back and wrap up with the storytelling and post-production pieces. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70%, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out or at least shrink the middleman. Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. Pro Audio Voices hears you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% royalties of the price you set, that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them, and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com in the marketing menu. All right, let's get into storytelling. The read. This is the part that everyone gets all excited about. And it's an interesting place because the very storytelling skills that we so enjoy and sort of thrill with, if you will, are ones that are different depending on your medium. If you're telling a story as you are writing, It's coming straight out of your imagination and onto the the page or into the laptop. That is a different kind of storytelling skill than bringing a story to life off the page or off the screen and into the world of audio. Some of the the pieces of that are, are technical pieces. They're how we phrase a sentence. Can we make it really clear, and keep it really alive. Keeping the recording, the narration, engaging is one of the biggest challenges in some ways for many authors. There is a tendency I have seen with author narration to, it tends to be kind of flat. I think that's most likely because While it's alive and vibrant in the mind of the author, it's not coming across, it's not expressed in that alive way because they haven't developed the the live storytelling skills that an actor has. And then I think there's also another issue that I'm going to bring up just a little bit later that I mentioned I would, but that engaging narration and that means it's going to be it's not going to be flat or monotone it's not going to have that sort of well we're just reading the text we're we're reading more text and we're reading more text and this is the story and we're reading more text that gets really boring really fast even if the story itself is great the other thing that can happen is in an author narrator's attempt to overcome that flatness or to make sure it's not boring and monotone, is that they can go over-modulated. It can be like even overdone so that we're kind of wondering what is happening in their mind. There's, it's easy to overdo. And finding that appropriate space has 
everything to do with the very process of connecting with the material and being able, having those skills to deliver it in performance. This is a topic that I find so fascinating. And I want to encourage you, if this is a a place of great interest to you, that you also listen to the podcast episodes we have with Joshua Townsend, where we really dive into this very topic. So again, sort of the storytelling skills are so critical to having a really great audiobook. And an author being able to, or having developed the skills, not only of the writing of a great story, but also the oral telling of a great story. They're two different things, tightly related, yes, but very different in other ways. Okay, another aspect of the recording process that can be a real challenge, and I've heard this from many authors who decided to go ahead and do their own own audiobook, and then after the fact, we're just kind of, you know, worn out from the process, endurance. And I'm not talking about endurance over months. I'm talking about endurance over the course of hours. Professional narrators are trained, are they're experienced with being able to consistently tell a story over many hours. Now, an author doesn't have to record for many hours at a time. If you're in a home studio, you have a lot more flexibility around your schedule for recording. If you're in a local studio, you're going to be paying for time that you have booked with them, and you will most likely want to be able to actually use that time. So endurance is something that can be an issue. Many narrators will record sitting down, which can help with that. And many of us record standing up, partly because it helps to keep that energy active and supported. And then I touched on one other thing here that I'm going to call back, and that is consistency. So over the course of the recording time, it's really important to be able to maintain a consistency of the kind of energy and tone throughout. Now, yes, there are going to be more action-oriented parts of your story, if it's, assuming it's fiction, or maybe more, a little more laid back. There are going to be different tones in that way or different pacing, but overall, you want a really consistent sound a really consistent sound. And this is a skill, to be able to maintain that kind of consistency. What tends to happen, and that you're going to have to overcome as somebody new to this, is you're going to have to overcome that tiredness that tends to happen and that we hear from the beginning of the session and then as we're approaching the end of the session. And then we'll hear when you come back in the next time fresh, we're going to hear that difference. So you need to be able to maintain and have consistent energy throughout your recording session and to recognize when you don't have that, when you're 
getting too tired. If your voice is getting tired out, you need to stop and take a break and let your voice rest. So a lot of that endurance and consistency also has to do with pacing yourself appropriately and making sure that you're taking the breaks you need, drinking the liquids that you need, you know, and just really approaching it with some care. The next piece, and I'm just going to speak a little bit about this, is the post-production. And that is once you have done all the recording, then this post-production process and review and pickups or uh, corrections happens all in this post-production time. This does not have to be done by the author-narrator. It can be, at least up into the, the mastering part. But I would advise, unless this is something that, again, you have a real passion for, then I would advise that you turn it over to an audio engineer and let them take it from there. This is something that when we do author-narrated projects at Pro Audio Voices, we provide that post-production support and a lot of the other support for all these things along the way. But I just want you to know that it's something that this is best to bring in another team member. And now, because we have now gone through all these details about like the things that you need to attend to and, and where those challenges can be, but what's so important to have, this is the moment, I think, to talk about the very question of, is it appropriate for you as author to narrate your own book? It might be. But I want to call up one last thing to just be aware of. Many people will tell us that, oh, I don't feel like anyone else could possibly read this material with the same passion and conviction because it's so personal or because the voice is so unique. And here I'm talking about author voice, as in not the voice that we're speaking with, but the voice that we have written in. Okay. So, and I understand that. And I don't disagree that the, that, that passion is important. But here's the challenge. The challenge is that when you haven't developed the skills to do the delivery at, while retaining that passion. In other words, as actors, we are trained. We train ourselves. We work with others. We learn how to step into the shoes, step into the being, step into the author voice of the author and to narrate from that place. So we're bringing all of our technical skills that are like secondhand to us and our focus then can be on that very message, that voice, that the excitement of the story. All of that, the passion, can come through because for us, the technical side is second nature. We know how to do all of that. And so we don't have to focus on it. It's not like trying to drive the Indy 500 race while learning how to drive a car. When you as author are trying to learn how to do all these things, mic technique, all the phrasing, and when you're trying to learn how to do that or stay attentive to that, you can lose that very well of passion 
that you're trying to draw from that is so important to you that you bring forth. So it's like, where is your attention? If your attention needs to be on the technical stuff, then it can't be on the message, on the passion. If your attention doesn't need to be on the technical stuff, then all of that place of passion and knowledge is available to you to really bring forward and focus on. I think that kind of is where the rub comes when we come down to the nitty-gritty of that decision. Is it best for you as an author to narrate your own audiobook? Again, it might be. You might be great at narrating your own book. And we love working with authors and with narrators and with combination thereof. So I I hope that this has given you a lot to think about. We're always open to talking to people about this very question and to help you decide what's going to be the best for you and for your particular audiobook project. I hope that this has been helpful. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We're at ProAudioVoices.com, and we are helping to inspire the world through the audiobooks that we bring to life. Have an awesome day. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.